Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Trust me, there's nothing malicious about hitting the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by a quiet borderline. You will work this dangerous position without training, leads to have fun talking to the union. My dad was visiting us for Christmas, and as usual, I got him to share some more stories about his youth, and he shared a time where he used malicious compliance to not only shut up one of his bosses, but to get him into trouble. Many years ago, back when dad was a college student, he earned extra money for living expenses by working in a car manufacturing plant. The state at the time was a closed shop which meant you had to join the union in order to work unless you were in an executive position. One of the rules said union set up at dad's workplace was that no employee could work certain positions unless they had been trained for it. This included positions such as forklift operator and trash compactor. This was included in the contract and was a no-break rule. Enter George the manager, made up name. Unlike many in this thread, George was actually a nice fellow, but to quote Joseph from It's a Wonderful Life, he has the IQ of a jackrabbit and didn't always think things through. One Saturday afternoon, Dad came into work when George pulled him aside. I need you to do me a favor, son. The trash compactor's jammed and I need someone to crawl in and unjam it. You're the smallest of us all, so it shouldn't be a problem for you. Now, not only had Dad not been trained for loading the compactor, but even he knew crawling in there would be a dumb idea. Uh, George, I haven't been trained for this position. George got all flustered and told him, just do it. Dad then got the idea for some malicious compliance. I'll do it, but is it okay if I ask one of the other guys to spot me and make sure I don't get squashed? George said, that'll be fine. Just make sure the job is done. Dad then headed to his union shop leader, Kenny, made up name. Like George, Kenny was a decent fellow, but was very protective of his workers. Dad told Kenny what had happened and asked him to spot him. Cue Kenny turning at least five shades of purple before storming to George's office. Dad told me the whole floor went silent as Kenny unloaded on George for trying to make a poor college kid do something so freaking dangerous and that this will be recorded and written up. Kenny stormed out, leaving a frightened looking George quaking in his steel-toed boots. The compactor ended up getting fixed without someone crawling into it and George always asked if people were trained for positions before asking them to do it. Be honest guys, if you went into work and somebody pulled you aside and said, I need you to crawl inside this trash compactor and unjam it for me, and you're definitely not trained for that job, would you rather quit on the spot than go crawl in that trash compactor? Let me know what you would do in the comments down below. Our next story is by Ironbox13. 
My neighbor wanted me to use a garden tool, so I obliged. So this happened about two years ago. I should also mention that I'm tatted up and have weird hair, and neighbor is ultra-religious and extra-conservative. It's a beautiful fall day, and I take the opportunity to do some gardening to get my plants ready for winter. I live in zone 4B. For those who don't know about gardening zones, look it up, it's very interesting and informative. I realize my pruning shears are rusted shut because silly me left them out in the elements. So I go and grab a kitchen knife that I never use and start chopping away at my hostas. My neighbor, let's call her Miss Meanie, sees me working and decides to come and have a chat. She informs me that the knife I'm using, a 12-inch thin kitchen knife, is very threatening and dangerous looking, and if I don't stop using it, she's going to call the cops. I reassure her that I'm only using it to prune my plants. Miss Meanie decides that me chopping up dead hosta leaves equals terroristic threats and goes and calls the cops. They show up. I explain the situation. They laugh and tell me that maybe to ease the tension, I should probably get a new pruning tool. Enter malicious compliance. I go to the local hardware store and in the garden center find the biggest and baddest machete they can legally sell. It's 24 inches long and about 5 inches tall. Don't hate on my crappy measurement description, just envision a huge machete. I leave feeling confident I won't anger anyone anymore. So I start chopping away with my new garden friend and Miss Meanie's appalled at what she's seeing. A massacre of dead growth and tree limbs lay at my feet. She yells from her window in a scared voice, you're going to jail, before she calls the cops. Again, the cops show up and the same officer arrives laughing even harder than before. He says I'm technically using a garden tool and no threat can be found. She moved out shortly after and now I can use my baby. I call her machete whenever I need and don't have to deal with the cops. I could understand being a little scared or concerned if they weren't hacking away at plants and tree limbs. You see them in their front yard just kind of holding it. Sure, call the cops, be a little concerned. But if somebody's working in their yard and clearly chopping down things with that, just because the tool scares you doesn't mean that it's illegal. Her whole behavior was just so irrational. I think the funny thing too is the fact that she was saying she's so scared of these items. But in the first scenario, they walked right up to OP, so clearly they weren't that scared. This next story is by MilderWild65. One cent? Why not? Early 2000s, we had a satellite TV set up in our home. One satellite dish, two receivers. It worked fine. We had a windstorm, knocked some large branches off of a tree next to the house. Minor damage to the deck and siding, and the satellite dish was destroyed. Insurance paid handsomely for home repairs, but to my minor annoyance, we were told that the dish wasn't covered. Okay then, off to the big blue box store I go, where we purchased the original setup. I was delighted to find that they had just the satellite dish for sale, but not so happy that it cost close to $200. We didn't pay that much for the original package. But wait, they were running a promotion. Purchase a complete package with free installation for only one cent. Yes, just one cent. After the instant purchase rebate, of course, but that was okay. I asked some questions. They couldn't put it on our existing account, it was for new customers only. New customers, 
as defined by a unique phone number. Next question, when does the billing start? Oh, you won't be billed for the service until you activate the receiver, sir. The final gear in my head turned into place and I signed up right on the spot using my wife's cell phone number to set up a new customer account. We scheduled the installation date. I took the rather large box home and awaited the day of my triumph. You might have figured it out already, but there's more. The installers are independent contractors. Guy shows up at our house ready to pull cable, install coax outlets, etc. I told him I just needed the satellite dish in the box installed on the roof and explained about the storm, cost of a replacement dish, and the penny package deal. After he finished laughing, he explained to me that I really screwed over the big blue box store company. They get a rebate from the manufacturer when the receiver is activated. I wasn't going to activate it, so no rebate. They ate the cost of the whole package, bless the penny I paid, plus they paid this guy to come out to install it. I asked if he could still mount the dish and he laughed again, said he was getting paid for 3 hours of work and he'd be done in 15 minutes. Actually thanked me because I was his last appointment of the day and he could go home early. Honestly for that satellite dish guy, that must have felt like Christmas morning. Just stumbling into the situation where they're like, oh man, I'm gonna have to run this cable, I'm gonna have to install these outlets for them, I'm gonna have to walk them through activation, and OP's just like, hey there, nah, don't worry about any of that frilly crap, we got that already, just change out the dish and we'll call it a day. Yes sir, thank you sir. This next story's by Millie Barnes. X demanded I cook the dinner he wanted. This happened a long time ago but still tickles me. The year was 1971 and I got married for the first time. Things were a lot different back then for women. We had just gotten married the day before and the next morning, my husband woke up and told me he wanted cabbage, sausage, and potatoes for dinner. At this point, I had never eaten sausage and was never going to it strangely enough and never had cabbage. I told him I didn't eat those things and he simply told me that that's what I was fixing. So I unpacked the new pots and pans, I put the biggest pot on the stove and added water, cabbage, potatoes with seasonings. I turned it on high. When everything was inside the pot, which was Teflon, burnt to a crisp, I still left it there until it completely ruined the pot. When he got home, I told him going forward I would be cooking dinners that we both could eat. As we'd been dating for almost three years, I clearly knew what kinds of foods we both liked. He was seriously mad. I calmly stuck to my guns and told him that he wasn't going to bully me, and just because we were married doesn't mean he got to tell me what to do. The marriage lasted a year and a half. I couldn't wait to get away. Honestly, the thing that surprises me the most is that although they'd been dating for three years and then they got married, only afterwards did this guy be like, yeah, I want cabbage, sausage, and potatoes for dinner. See, I feel like if that was something somebody was going to request, at some point over the three years of dating, that probably would have like come up somewhere, right? Like how does it make it all the way to a marriage and then pop up like that? This next story is by local librarian, X demands undercooked chicken, can't understand how he got sick. So my ex decided he wanted me to make a specific chicken dish for him and handed me a copy of the recipe. I looked it over, simple enough to make, and then I see the instructions to stick it in the oven at 250 degrees Fahrenheit for an hour. I looked at him and asked, are you sure this is right? 
If I cook it at 250, it's still gonna be almost raw in an hour. He got upset and yelled about how he copied the recipe exactly. Just make it like it says. Okay, fine. I did. Pulled it out of the oven, served his, then cranked the oven up and put the rest back in to cook longer. Sure enough, that chicken was bright pink and barely warm, just like I said it would be. He ate the whole thing and said, That was pretty good. Now how hard was it? Next day, he calls to tell me how upset his stomach is, etc. But blames the tacos he had for lunch. Sure, it was the tacos. Not darn near raw chicken. He's lucky it wasn't worse. When cooked properly, 350 degrees Fahrenheit, not 250. It's actually pretty good. We've been apart 11 years, and I still refer to it as 250 degree chicken every time I make it. Yeah, OP better be thankful that it wasn't worse. Imagine this guy caught something actually very serious from that chicken and kicked the bucket? I wonder if there would be like some kind of involuntary manslaughter type situation here. I'm really kind of curious what the legality of that would be. Our next story is by KM48879, 3 hour notice for calling in sick. I got written up a couple of months ago because I woke up with a fever and was not able to give a full 3 hours notice as required for calling in. I told everyone. Today, someone comes to work sick because they don't want a write up. They get sent home and take a COVID test. It's positive. Our location is now closed for cleaning. I would certainly hope that in a situation like this, especially the pandemic, that they would realize how stupid their strictness is on their reporting. Because let's be real, how many of us when we're going into work wake up three hours before our shift starts? That's not realistic. Our next story is by Pamdemic Kate. Can't wait five seconds for me to rinse hands and dry them for me to make a sandwich? Enjoy your soggy, soapy sandwich then. I love my six-year-old. Truly, I do. But like most kids his age, he has absolutely zero patience and seems to think the world revolves around him. Combined, it makes for a lot of trying moments. One morning, I was hand-washing a bunch of dishes when my six-year-old came in demanding a sandwich right away. I told him to give me a moment to rinse the soap off my hands and I would have a sandwich in just a few minutes. Oh no, 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 this would not do for my child. A few minutes was too long for my child. He demanded his sandwich right now. Your wish is my command. Malicious compliance ensues. With my hands still dripping with soap, I grabbed the bread and some peanut butter. Luckily, it was the end of the bread and peanut butter, so I could afford to be messy with things. I made that sandwich, making sure it was good and soggy and soapy before handing it to him, then went immediately back to washing dishes. He looked at his sandwich in horror and sadness. He came up to me and quietly said, Mama, can you please make me a sandwich without soap? I'll wait for you. This happened a couple months ago, and now whenever I tell him to give me a moment, he actually does wait for me. Note, no, I would never let him actually eat a soapy sandwich. If he were to have attempted to, I would have stopped him. I think honestly it's a great lesson for the kid to learn, especially considering it wasn't even like a long wait or anything. You just needed to get your hands in the condition ready to make a sandwich. It's really nice that they learned from it. And our final story of the day is by Adele2431. Patch my jeans, you say? 
My ex-husband was quite traditional and expected me to do the womanly jobs of the household. I was working 30 hours a week and going to school full time, while he only did occasional odd jobs. So it ticked me off one day when he wanted me to patch his jeans on top of all the other crap I did to maintain our household. I got some scrap material I used for a previous Valentine's Day item, bright red and pink with flowers. I cut a heart shape and put the big patch on the outside. I packed his bag and put the jeans folded up with the patch not visible. He drove to his temp job, then had to change into his jeans. He was doing a four-day construction job working with only other guys. They laughed at him and teased him a lot. He was embarrassed, but even he found it a bit amusing. He never asked me to patch a pair of jeans again. It's nice that you could give them a ribbing and kind of teach them a little bit of a lesson, but was there really a great resolution to the situation at hand? Yes, they never asked you to patch their jeans again, but did that really resolve anything in the long run? Hopefully the dynamic was better from there on out. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.